Episode 55. You're listening to Vox Talk, the voiceover industry's number one podcast, brought to you by Voices.com. It's about voice acting, growing your business, and sharing your knowledge. Vox Talk is a show that you can be a part of. Getting involved is both fun and rewarding. It's time for this week's episode of Vox Talk with your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. Hi there. Welcome to Vox Talk. Today I have Pat Fraley with Phil Crowley joining me on the podcast. Ready to get going? The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. In our top story, celebrity voice actor and author Rodney Salisbury has opened up a new travel website called Rod Talks Travel. The site can be used to book travel plans for business and leisure. If you fly quite a bit or are looking to attend a conference or workshop sometime soon, you may want to check out Rodney's new site. Go to ytbtravel.com slash travel. In voiceover news, Voice Coaches is hosting their second annual Advanced Marketing Expo and conference in Schenectady, New York on Saturday, May 3rd, 2008. It's a full day of industry speakers, networking opportunities, and some delicious food. The founders of Voices.com will also be there with coverage provided of the event on the Vox Daily blog and VoiceOver Times. To learn more about who will be speaking and the topics to be presented, visit voicecoaches.com marketing. To bring the news to a close, there's a contest going on at the voice-overs.com forum where you could win a dandy of a prize that includes some housekeeping for your business by Christine Aller, a professional organizer and career strategist. Christine has a soft spot for performing artists and is giving away a two-hour career strategy session. The deadline to enter is April 19th and the session must be held before April 24th. 2008. To learn more about the contest, go to voice-overs.com/forum. Helping you grow your voiceover business. Today in the biz, I'm pleased to present Pat Fraley interviewing Phil Crowley, the poster boy for long-form narration, sharing his performance process. Hi, this is Pat Fraley, and I'm here in Studio City with my friend and former student, Phil Crowley, who is the poster boy for the most sought-after long-form narration jobs in the industry. Phil? Are we recording now? First of all, I didn't know that I was a poster boy. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I got a, a, a chance to do, uh, I guess it was an E! True Hollywood story. That was kind of a cool thing that happened. Uh, I did one episode of E! True Hollywood story, and then I did a second one. And the producer liked what I did, and we got along really well, and, and I, I guess I was nailing it. And he sent an email to all of the producers at E! True Hollywood Story. They got like 17 different production teams. So they all got this email from this one guy who said, hey, you got to try this guy. So then I got a bunch of other calls, and then I was doing a lot of episodes of uh, E! True Hollywood Stories, and I don't know how many I've done, about 150, I think. Now they got somebody new. Or, but, so I go back and do fixes and stuff. What kind of jobs do you do? I do, uh, um, right now I'm doing a series called Ancient Discoveries for, Dis- uh, for the History Channel, and another show which is really cool, Dogfights, 
uh, on the History Channel. It's all about airplane battles from uh, World War II and even World War One and Korean War, Vietnam War, and and other. Uh, but it, it's the one show that I like to watch. The, the other shows that I narrate, I don't. It's, okay, yeah, I know this, and I don't have to watch it now. But uh, that one is just cool. I just love that show. What's your process, Phil? It has happened that they have sent me the script beforehand at my house. I don't like that. I, I just like to read it cold. I feel like the spontaneity is, and I and I feel confident to do that. So I feel like reading it over beforehand is a little bit of a waste of time because I'm just going to do it again. And um, uh, but in the studio, um, like the one I did this morning, it was an ancient discoveries uh, episode. I just read it a paragraph at a time. We'll take maybe one page. Let's, let's say this thing is like 30 pages long, and we'll take one page and read the whole page. And if there's anything wrong, we go back and do a retake on a, on a paragraph or, or a, something like that. And oftentimes, because uh, now I've got a pretty good relationship with most of the producers that I work with, they'll just let me go, and I can direct myself. So if I make a mistake or something like that, I just stop and start over again, and they, just, and they don't even interrupt me. Sometimes do you have sequences in the script that are timed that you have to hit? Yes, oftentimes. And oftentimes there'll be a time in the little margin. If they haven't printed out there, they'll say, well, this, this has to be done in 10 seconds. This has to be done in 15 seconds. E-True Hollywood stories are all timed, uh, many of them down to the fraction of a second. If you have a timed sequence, can you just pick up a sentence and take that slower or faster to adjust? For each Hollywood stories, they like the whole sequence. If it's a 30-second, this is really challenging. If the, if the whole sequence is like a 30-second sequence, they want me to do it in 30 seconds, and they don't want me to do it in, in parts so that they can paste it together and hope it'll fit. They want me to do it in 30 seconds. So sometimes I have to do, for, for E, uh, many times uh, to get it at the right time. However, I feel that my background as a musician has been very helpful in voiceovers for a number of reasons, but especially in the sense of tempo, because uh, I feel confident that I can squeeze something or stretch something to make it the right time, whatever it is, whether it's 10 seconds or 5 seconds, up to 28, 29, 30 seconds. I may not get it right on the first one, but if I know what the target time is supposed to be, and then they tell me what my last take was, if they wanted 25 seconds and I did it in 20 seconds, then I know i got to stretch it out. So what I do is I just slow the tempo down, and I, I turn the dial down on the metronome in my head, and it's not a stopwatch in my head. I don't have a stopwatch in my head. I have a metronome in my head, because as I talk, I can sense the tempo that I'm talking at, and I can also remember the tempo that I just did in the last take. So if I need to stretch it, I know I'm going to slow down the tempo. I'm not thinking about, oh, am I got to count seconds here? If I did that, I wouldn't be able to concentrate on the read. Well, then, if timing's not a difficulty for you, and obviously reading's not a difficulty for you, what presents your greatest challenge? Hmm. Technical words oftentimes come up, you know, pronunciations and stuff, and you have to look ahead. It's important, as I'm reading, to get the sense of the sentence, to find the most important word or sets of words in a sentence that if those words are not emphasized or read in a certain way, then the sentence won't make sense to the ear. It has to make sense to the, to the listener's ear in order for the, for the content of the sentence 
to, to come across, to make sense. And oftentimes I'll, I'll read a sentence. I did it many times today in the session in which uh, and I'm reading along and, I'm, and I realize after I've gotten halfway through the sentence that I've read it wrong already. So I just stop and just start over again. I got to, okay, when I get to this word, I, gotta, I have to say this with this emphasis. Otherwise, the whole thing is not going to make sense. Now, I know the lion's share of work you do, you're doing without picture. And yet you're supplying voice that will go with picture. How do you know when the pictures change, when they put up a slide or a, a graphic and then you go into uh, some footage here? How do you know that? Yeah, when the pictures change, sometimes it's sometimes it's obvious and sometimes it's not. And they'll and they'll just mention it to me and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I should have caught that." So that's when you're reliant on direction. Or in dogfights, for instance, in dogfights, uh, it's uh, it's now become pretty obvious to me when the script changes because the the perspective on the screen changes from uh, the battle is is all very intense stuff, and then there's the technical stuff when they stop talking about. So and so, you know, yank the stick back, and you know, bank this left, and just missed, and so and so, and it gets very intense, very uh, macho kind of stuff, and then it starts talking about the technical aspects of the plane. The Messerschmitt such and such, you know, has this many, you know, is telling me about the the features of the plane. You know, I know we're not in the middle of the battle anymore. Now you're going into two different character voices, but that nuance from going from action to more mental, it, they're both you. Yes, that's right. Do you have a sense of being an objective reporter when you do these things or having attitudes, opinions, and thinking and feeling as you do these things? In dogfights, it goes back and forth. But for ancient discoveries, it's, I'm pretty much detached. Uh, dogfights, they want me to be involved. They want me, in the battle sequences, they want it really intense and, and play-by-play kind of thing. But then when we get into the technical aspects of the plane and, or some of the, uh, sometimes the history of, uh, of a particular battle and such and such, uh, then I, become, I have to be more detached. Well, having taught you and listened to a great deal of your work, I find that your work is infused with an interest in what you do. Are you aware of that? I think maybe I'm aware of it subconsciously. The thing is, just about everything that I do documentary-wise is interesting to me. And if it's not interesting, then I have to find something in it that, in, that is interesting. In other words, I, I'm looking for the interesting part in it. Well, besides your obvious formidable reading skills, performance skills, your music background, perhaps you finding interest in all sorts of subjects is part of why you're the poster boy. Well, the producers are interested in it. If I'm not interested in it, they're not going to hire me. And I'm, not, and I'm not feigning interest here, okay? First of all, people are important. And if, and if this person over here is enthusiastic and and interested in whatever it is he's creating here, this production thing that is his baby, right? And I come in there and think, oh, it's just another job, you know? Okay, give me the copy, I'll read it. Nah, bah, 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 bah. Yeah, there it is. Okay, fine, you got it, right? I'm done. First of all, I'm not helping him. He's never going to hire me again. But I'm not doing it because I want to be hired again, although I do. But I'm doing it because he's a human being. He's interested in this. There's got to be. There's something interesting about this project. If I'm not already interested in it, I've gone down to Lockheed or no uh, Boeing. Excuse me, Boeing did some like uh, uh, industrial stuff for them. They're talking about uh, satellites, uh, geo synchronous satellites. You know, very technical stuff. And before I got into even being a, uh, in the union, like 22 years ago, I was doing uh, voiceovers at uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory. A lot of technical stuff. 
And I learned, of course, a lot of stuff about the space program from JPL and everything. I didn't understand a lot of it, but I started to understand it. And I knew that if this was going to be read or, 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 or uh, if this was going to be seen by people who were not technical, that they, they're the audience, they want to be able to understand it. If, they, if I don't understand it, I'm not going to be able to communicate it to them, even if the words are on the page, you know. So it's important for me to understand it. Once I understand it, I can say it in a manner that's interesting, hopefully. Well, I have to make the observation that of all the people that I know and have taught, you find a lot of things interesting. And I suspect this is systemic to your wonderful success at long-form narration. Now, finally, what teachers had a great influence on you? Yeah, besides you? (laughs) Oh, that's fine. We don't need to go on further. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Pat. If you enjoyed Pat's piece, you can find several free lessons at his website, patfraley.com. Voxbox, sharing your audio feedback. In the Vox Box today, I'm excited to let you know about a new opportunity to get your name on the Voices.com homepage free of charge. As many of you know, I'm an absolute glutton for comments on the blogs and podcasts offered at Voices.com. It's no secret that I love reading your comments and hearing about what you think of the articles and shows. As part of a new initiative, we're selecting several comments each week to be featured on our homepage, and the people who are quoted receive a link to their website. We update the featured comments twice a week. To learn more about how you can get your name on the homepage for free, visit the Vox Talk show notes for this episode to grab the link to an article that explains what we're looking for. Thanks for listening to Vox Talk. If you haven't yet subscribed, you can do so for free in the Apple iTunes podcast directory. I'd love to hear from you, and you're welcome to send in any and all feedback to my email address, stephanie at voices.com. Thanks for staying subscribed, and we'll see you next week.